Ahoy there and welcome to Good Ship Music Ally Focus with me, Music Ally's editor or captain Joe Sparrow. And in this episode, we're talking about hitting the charts whilst doing it DIY. I speak to Laura Kidd, whose recent Obey Robots project managed to hit the UK album charts at number 14, a hugely impressive achievement for a DIY and indie artist. But how did she do it? She tells us. Now, each Music Ally Focus episode analyzes one meaningful music business story at a time, just like this one. And so this podcast is going to be quick. It should take about the same amount of time as Andre Ortolf could snap 3,000 bananas in half. Andre snapped 119 in one minute in 2020. And fret not if you're worried about waste. The brutalized bananas were baked into banana bread afterwards. Now, talking of breaking things, Laura Kidd has been breaking ground as a fully independent artist for a long time. And using only email, YouTube videos and Facebook ads, she recently achieved UK chart success. She spoke to me about her deliberate choice to ignore fame and how she instead looked to build a slow-burn, direct-to-fan nano community that supports her work. Laura also explained why someone who is not concerned with the traditional concept of success decided to aim for the charts, the traditional measure of success, and how being completely DIY is a terrifying concept. It's a fascinating conversation for anyone working in music marketing and especially for DIY artists looking for that all-important breakthrough. Let's go over to our conversation with Laura right now. So I'm very happy to welcome to the Focus podcast, Laura Kidd. Hi, Laura. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, Great to have you here. Now, we're going to be talking about using the various tools that are available to everybody in the DIY end of the music spectrum to achieve chart success, uh, which which is the holy grail for lots of people. But before we get there, can you just give us a general introduction, who you are, your background and your various artist projects? Sure. So um, my name's Laura Kidd. I'm a music producer, solo artist, um, video maker, general internet person. (laughs) Um, I started out with a solo project called She Makes War and I released four albums under that name. And then I decided I hated my name. So I changed it uh, to Penfriend. So I've released one album under the name Penfriend. The latest album I've released is under the name Obey Robots because it's a collaboration with another artist, Rat from Ned's Atomic Dustbin. But generally speaking, I'm, I, everything I do is under the name Penfriend now. Okay. Yeah. And your approach, for a bit more context, has, been, has traditionally been extremely DIY and, yeah. and, or indie. Oh, well, do you, refer yourself, do you refer to yourself as indie or DIY or both? What is it? I've, I've, I prefer the term independent, and I always have. But I've, that's because people used to call people unsigned. And I thought that doesn't make sense to me because I, I, I haven't tried to get signed. So, so it's, I, I always saw that as um, sort of, sounding like a lack of something. So then I use the word independent. I've started using DIY a little bit more recently because people understand what that is now. When I started making albums, it, people liked to, it seemed, they, they seemed to like to denigrate what I was doing by saying it was self-released or that it was DIY. And now I think it's been taken to be a positive thing. So I'm, okay. a, any, any of those is fine. Absolutely okay. not unsigned. Not <laughs> I unsigned. hate it. Okay. It's ridiculous. Right, yeah. So uh, how comprehensive is that approach in terms of the, the DIY approach and and why why is it so important to you okay um the how comprehensive it is is that I do literally everything <laughs> which I wouldn't recommend to anyone but the reason that I've done that in the first place is necessity so 
I uh, I never wanted to hang around and wait for someone to say it was okay for me to put albums out, essentially. Before I started releasing my own music, I worked as a session musician. I toured the world with various artists and I saw how that stuff worked and I didn't really like it. And I could see, um, I've also heard a lot of sort of a lot of anti-success stories in that people, people doing very well in the music industry and having a miserable life for various reasons. So mm. I was turned off that kind of thing very early on. I only ever wanted to build a sustainable practice, a sustainable career for myself. So it didn't make any sense to try and get other people involved or to try and become famous or to become whatever, you know, to make it in the, the ways that traditionally people see success are in the music business. So it was about sort of about doing it on your own terms and building financial success that supports yourself. Yeah, and in, in the beginning, it wasn't even about that. It was just about being able to afford to make another record. Right. Yeah. I've always done things very sustainably, not, not spent lots of money on making the records in the first place and turning to the audience rather than turning to the industry to get that support to put things out. So it's always been very fan focused and I'm now a fully funded, you know, fully fan funded artist. Right. So to truly independent in the sort of the, the, the very sort of ultimate sense of the word. Yeah. And it's not, and I don't mean it to, to, to try and sound better than someone who's got some help. It just, it's just worked out this way. I did have a manager for a short period of time that was not beneficial to either of us. Um, and we parted ways. Um, and then after that experience, that was around 2018, 2017, I just decided that instead of trying to sort of dip one toe in, because you could, when you, when you do DIY stuff, it's very like, I, I just want to make my music and share it with people. But, but there's always a little, little thing in your head, like, but wouldn't it be great if it did go well and everyone did love me and I did get on yeah. the telly and all that. So and I just decided to take that toe out of the water and just really focus on mm. making my music and sharing it directly with people. And stopping doing press and stopping doing all of that. Yes, uh, and uh, so we are grateful that you are doing this little bit of press. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, in that sense, <laughs> um, it's, it's a complex dichotomy, there, isn't it? That mm -hmm. it's making music. You know, if you know anyone can make music, but then when you make music as a profession, there is an element of your know, success is a nebulous word, right? So yeah. you do want people to like it, and you do want people to become. I'm using air quotes. Famous. <laughs> Um, but it, but because that's what that's what generates the income and sustains the business. But then it's it's you're navigating there a delicate path, aren't you? Between yeah, what fame and success means in mm -hmm. the sense of a maybe personal sense, but then also what it means in a in a business sense. Yeah. So how does that play into how you release music and what you do? Well, I would absolutely remove the word famous from it because it's really nothing. That's 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 not that's not in anyone's control. First of all, and well, I, I say that and I hope that it is. Well, actually, fans would I, say you're famous, though, wouldn't you? I guess mm, I don't. I don't know. Them. I don't know. I don't know. That 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 word makes me feel very weird because yeah. honestly, if I walked down the street and someone was like, "Oh, you're from that band," I'd just be like, "Oh God, horrible! Yeah. Run and hide." But not because of the person. The person's probably sound. Yes, they've, the person's you know, nice. they've heard of me. Goodness me, that they, they must be really searching for music on the internet. <laughs> so that's that's great. Um, no, no, uh, in in terms of what you said, talk about success. Honestly, success to me is making whatever music I like and sharing it directly with people. I'm never trying to make someone like me. I'm just trying to let them know that it's there, you know? Right. So when I'm marketing my music, it really isn't saying this is the best thing ever, bigging myself up. It's, I just want people to see that it's there and then if they like it, that's cool, honestly. Right, so it's, it's, it's marketing in terms of connectivity with, a, with exactly. the fan base or, or yeah. a future fan base, yeah, okay. Exactly. 
Now you say now you say, you say that these I'm going to call them fans. That's okay. Uh, yeah. are, are looking hard on the internet, but your Obey Robots project yeah. hit the UK albums charts at number fourteen, which was ahead of the Arctic Monkeys and Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> and this is context, folks. And just behind, you may have heard of this band, ABBA, and Fleetwood Mac. So now this is this whatever that means in the in the bigger sense. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to rearrange the firmament and put you in between those four <laughs> artists, but no, no. It, even so, hitting the in, hitting the the UK albums chart at number fourteen is mm-hmm. a really impressive achievement for a DIY artist. And from I can I can imagine that some people are listening to this and thinking, well, that sounds almost too good to be true. Mm-hmm. That you yeah. you use you were saying the tools like you know email, social media, video. And you did it all yourself, and you mm-hmm. got chart success. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's can we break this down in terms of why you? I mean, you obviously deliberately went for this sort of to t- stake a flag as as high in the charts as you could. Why yeah. did you choose to do that? Because obviously, you're saying it's not about fame. It's not about no. um, sort of arbitrary measure of success. But so, why did you target the charts, and how did you do it? Okay, so first of all, the sounding too good to be true, I totally get that because there's a lot of lying going on in the music business. Like artists lie about what? how many people are at their gig or how they feel or, you know, how great they are and all that. And, who you know, there's, there's a lot of subterfuge and stuff. I think I'm one of the rare, it seems to me I'm one of the very few people who doesn't have a secret job that they're hiding mm. and pretending they do this all the time or they've got very rich parents or whatever. And And no shade to anyone. Everyone's just doing the best they can with what they've got. That's fine. I, I genuinely am fully fan funded. I have um, it's my own version of a Patreon system where people um, fund me through that. And I've been so I've been full time doing this for the past four years now, which is incredible. I don't take that for granted for a second. It's amazing. So that's the first part of it. So um, the second part of it is that targeting the charts is about uh, it's about sort of validating the project. It's about Um, gathering people around a movement towards something and it's about selling some records and I have no shame in trying to sell the music that I make Um, as I say I'm all I'm ever trying to do is put it in front of people to give them the option to listen and to support and so I make it very clear to people and I did that through this campaign that when they buy something from us the money comes directly to us it's, it's sold through my Shopify shop it it comes to me it pays for the things to be made it's it's terrifying putting up eight grand. I think it was eight and a half grand to to print vinyl, you know, and going, yeah. oh, should we print fifteen hundred or should we print two thousand? Don't know. Oh, because we don't want it sitting around in our houses. We yes. can't afford to to you know to to not make the, the money classic back. Classic musicians' box room full of oh, uh, vinyl. Yeah, two doors down here. That's what that's. But it's not. <laughs> they're they're currently unsold. I don't feel bad about it. I just have some stock. That's fine. Um, my house is kind of like a warehouse in that respect. Um, it is it is frightening. This time it was it was a lot less frightening because I have a collaborator and he has a proper job and he has some savings. So we were able to print up uh, all the merch that we needed and he's going to get paid back from that now because it's gone well. So sorry to go back to the charts thing. It, it, the movement is not around buy my thing because I want to be in the charts. The movement is around I we made this music with no consideration for for being popular or trying to hit trends or anything. I never do that. I only make the music that comes out of my mind and my, 
you know and my experiences and everything and after that I think about how I can get that to people and how I can tell the story of that and so this whole thing for this latest album and the one before which went to 24 in the charts so this isn't a one-off um it has been all about explaining what the songs are about how they connect to us as a community because I think of myself as a community community artist now so I'm my role in this community, whatever the community is, is making this music for people. They've shown me that it has some value to them because they've been buying it for the last 13 years. I'm not I'm not imagining that I'm so great. People want to buy my stuff. It's, it's actually happening. And then, you know, so they have that they feel there's value there. They will pay for that thing because they know that I need the money to live on and and make more stuff that they think is valuable. And then it just goes around in a circle like that. But I'm not positioning myself as being more important than them or more shiny than them or anything I, I just feel that we're all in it together and that's what that is and and in terms of DIY I mean I, I don't feel like I'm part of a DIY community of musicians I, I, I work very much on my own I'm not trying not to be part of a community but it just hasn't sort of happened that way for me my community is the other people who are the fans of the music and I just think that this is the sixth album release I've done it's it's always an opportunity to come together with the people who already like my music and and find new people obviously and we can have that moment together because music is about creating spaces a song is about creating a space to feel your feelings um a gig is a similar sort of thing and i think that an, a, an album release and the sort of the weeks leading up to it and just after it, it just it's just a sort of like a coming together of like we all feel this way and certainly this latest album has, has really been hitting home for people in that sense. So, um, yes, I was trying to sell records, of course, and and the charts show how many I sold. That's what that shows. But I think what it tells people who are like me, who are making music on their own and people who like the music that I make, that's not on a billboard, it's not on TV. It just tells them that they're right, you know, in what they what they like it's definitely a um a thumbs up for that community focused approach isn't it and, yeah. and I, I presume that the, the, the i mean let, let's talk about that chart placing I, I presume that that was driven by mainly by vinyl sales i i, I imagine um it was a mix so we only printed 1500 vinyl and we sold 4200 copies so it was it was quite a mix there's, there's a lot of downloads a lot of cds a lot of vinyl yeah um yeah it was a real mix of stuff I mean, this was something, you know, I, I spoke a while ago last year to um, the UK metalcore band While She Sleeps. Oh, yeah. And, and a fan of theirs who pays the sort of top tier Patreon of, for yeah. them. And, mm -hmm. and, and he was saying the same thing, which is from a fan perspective, which is I like supporting them and paying them, not because I get things in return, but because I feel like I'm part of this thing. Yeah. So how did you then motivate this fan base that was ready to be motivated mm -hmm. to sort of rally around the release on the on the week of release mm -hmm. um because as you said you, you previous one sold it went to 24 in the charts this went to mm -hmm. 14 uh, uh logic dictates the next one will be a top five uh hit um <laughs> please don't but, put that pressure uh, on me <laughs> But, no. <laughs> but how did you actually do it then? I, again, as a, as a DIY artist, you've got this highly motivated fan base. Mm -hmm. What tools did you use that didn't require a label, didn't require all this machinery around you to get it all working, get everything pointing in the same direction? And let, let's say, you know, let's use the, getting to 14 in the charts as a sign of success. 
Yeah, and I will just I will just know it also went to number one in the independent charts. Now that's the number I'm keeping in my mind. <laughs> but yeah, that's the cooler um, chart. We all know that. It, but yeah, of course, we, of course it is. Um, I just had to say that. If if I'm going to say that anywhere and show off a little bit, it's here. Um, it's because people who are listening understand and understand this stuff. Um, the tools I use. So the primary tool I would say that's given me a full time job doing this is my mailing list. It's not mm. sexy, but it's it's absolutely the one thing that I, I don't understand when someone tells me they don't have one. It blows my mind. I've been building it up since 2009 through Bandcamp, through um, uh, <laughs> uh, clipboard at gigs and through yeah. my, my website and stuff, obviously. And you know, so when people buy something from me, they get an option to join the mailing list or not. I've been emailing those people pretty much every month that whole time. So just once a month, it's not a any more regular than that you just staying it's, well it's been once a month time. since then and then yeah. um in the lead up to this record i started to go um a little more regularly and then it went mm. to weekly just in the maybe the six weeks or the four weeks beforehand um i do plan these things out but it's also a little bit off the cuff so what i what what's changed for me in the last two years probably well, maybe two and a half years using the mailing list is just a much more story driven approach mm. Saying album out now is not interesting. Some people will still want to get your album out now, of course, but there's a lot more going on behind album out now that you could be sharing with people. So that's what I've started to really work on. And when I say work on, I mean, I read storytelling books. I read copywriting books. I practice, you know, um, I've made a real effort to do those things because in my opinion, I can make the best song in the whole universe. But if I can't write a subject title for an email, that, mm. that anyone's going to open. I can't sell that song. And I am, I'm very much of the opinion that, um, yes, my job is to make the music and the music is, I mean, I, I do think the music is most important, but it's equally as important to find the people who will benefit from those songs or will find value from those songs in the way that I've described. And you can be as cynical as you like about this stuff and, and you can think that I'm, I don't know, lying or actually just care about money I mean I don't I'm very honest I this is genuinely how I think about it I'm a community artist I make the songs if I don't make the if I don't bring the songs to the community then I'm missing out on the the thing that's the most important thing which is sharing the songs mm. so I don't have any problem with learning how to write things better learning how to do a better email learning how to more efficiently use a social media platform so people will actually see stuff you know it's, it's that kind of little these little tweaks because I'm a, I'm a lyricist I'm a writer already I've always tried to write and so it's just a case of sort of tweaking those things so to answer your question a little bit more succinctly email list number one yeah. um, number two is Facebook ads but that that sort of ties in with video so videos always been a big thing for me um, I've been making videos and editing them for 20 years now something like that um, I used to do that for my work before I went full-time music as well, as well for other people. Um, so Facebook ads will only work if one, you know how to do them. I don't, but my husband taught himself over lockdown so that he could help me out. And um, he's actually managed to go and get a really great job at a label because of his skill, skills that he taught himself over right. lockdown to help me. Um, but those ads only work, yeah, one, if someone knows how to do the audiences for you properly, and two, the actual content of the ad is something that's going to work. So I did a lot of very, uh, very direct, you know, eye contact to camera, storytelling type adverts, video adverts on Facebook, 
um, for my last album and for this one. And that was game changing. Absolutely and, game changing. Is that, is that with the, uh, for a little bit of context there, is, is that with the aim of connecting with people who are already fans or people who are fans but don't know it yet? Both. Right. Both of those. Because um, I, I've had my reservations about that kind of stuff in the past definitely just like oh well you know this kind of marketing you know where, where a platform shows stuff to people because they know the kinds of things they like I felt a bit uncomfortable about that um a few years ago and then because it is opt-in now you, you do have to you can opt out of that online and because I've benefited so much from stuff like popping up in my feeds that I actually really like um I just think that 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 stuff is there we can use it for good I, f I feel I'm using it for good because the thing I'm making is something I really believe in. I'm not trying to sell someone something made of plastic that's going to break. I'm selling them a song I really re deeply care about enough to put my own money into recording it, to put all of my time into sharing it. So that's, you know, I think it's worth considering the moral side of all of these things, but that's, that's how I've sort of made my peace with that. And it's incredible to be able to just know that there are limitless numbers of people who will love what you do because they're the kinds of people who already love, they're like the kinds of people who already love what you do, if you see what I mean. That's an incredible thing because before that, before I knew that was even possible, it was very limited to, I'm going to pay this PR company thousands of pounds that I don't, I can't really can't spare because I don't have rich parents. I don't have anyone funding things. I just have done it through working. You know, it's, it's a scary amount of money to spend crossing your fingers, hoping someone's going to pick you. And inevitably they didn't pick me. And to kind of go back to your thing about uh, earlier on about the sort of why I'm DIY, I never got picked. I was last picked at school for PE. I, I've never got picked by a label or manager or anything. Yeah, well, one, once with that manager that didn't work out. Like it, I don't get picked. I have to pick myself. I have to make my own doors. I have to do all of this myself. That's how I feel. So the Facebook ads was, this, I'd say, second in that. And then video. So I have put a lot of time and energy into building up my YouTube channel over the last year and a half. Because again, it's, I see limitless opportunity with YouTube. I see limitless opportunity with Facebook ads and I see limitless opportunity with TikTok, but I'm still trying to sort of suss out what my little niche on TikTok could be. But I, I think anything like that is just an incredible thing for, for any artist to pursue, to, to see where they can fit into that. Let's talk about the video element then. You were highly prolific video creator in the sense that you make music videos but you the highly prolific side is that you do a lot of director camera yeah what do you call it vlogging well, i don't know it's focused uh it's a it's a more focused than that but it's you're talking to the camera about what you're doing about things related to your music perhaps not so related to your music yeah um and that has and that has been successful your channel is successful and gets a lot of views and obviously you can see how that's simpatico with it feeds people across to your music, right? Which is yeah. which is great. How does the, the, being this video creator creating, I'm going to use the C word, video content, support <laughs> the goals yeah. of you as a musician? And do you feel like you are a video creator, a musician, more than the other? How does it all balance yeah. out? Um, I'm an artist mm. and music has always come first for me. But I would say that there are other things that are part of that, which feed in. Yeah, and it all feeds into itself, you know, kind of goes around in a circle as well, because I, I, I suppose <laughs> I'm a grafter as well. Right. I, I, I feel like if I can put time into something, 
if I can sow seeds, then at some point in the future, they're going to grow into something. I always, fi- I always like to think that way. I think we, ki- we, we convince ourselves of a number of things to try and keep going, right? So one of my things is if I keep turning up, if I keep showing up, st- stuff will happen. I used to have this little saying, do stuff and stuff happens. <laughs> it's not very uh, poetic, but it's true. I think it's true. It's what keeps me going. Um, I just don't think that creating 12 songs every 18 months is really a full-time job for me. <laughs> So I like to spend my time doing things all the time. Um, Arguably, I could make a lot more than that many songs if I wasn't doing other things. But as I say, like for me, the sharing of the music is as important as the making of the music. And and if I can do that through different things I also enjoy, like making videos, then that that's something I'm very happy to do. Um, I think if you if you wanted to be uh, I'll use the C word, I, I, I reluctantly use the content creator phrase if you want to be a content creator and you're not a musician I almost think that's easier because you can just pick a subject that people want to hear about and you can talk about that and you can figure that stuff out try and get a big channel it's a lot harder when you when you actually have something already which is the thing you do which is the music and then you're trying to go but also watch these videos but also after you've watched the video please buy my music so I, I the way I view it is it's a way for new people to come across me at random because it's this, you know, it's the second biggest search engine in the world, you know, and, and it's got limitless opportunity, like I said, for people to find you. But also it's it's about, you know, I have this, I'm writing to my email list and I, I'd like to share different things with them. So it gives me different things to share with the people who already like me, to stay top of mind, to explain stuff about songs, to have more of a connection with people. Because there are different kinds of things that a YouTube channel can give to people who are watching. Entertainment, information, connection, other things. I think for me, it's my stuff is mostly about connection. And then a couple of years ago, I was thinking about what else do I, you know, what, what else can I offer to the world than just these songs I've created? And I, and I figured that what I can do is I can show them that I'm just a normal person who's figuring stuff out herself and no one ever gave me that much help and I don't have a music degree and I don't have, you know, training in anything and I taught myself how to produce and all that. And I just think showing how to be more creative or and encouraging people if they want to be creative to be more creative in their lives, then like that's a valuable thing to give as well as, as the songs. And I did that through my podcast series where I interviewed all sorts of different artists. It was like mind blowing the people I got to speak to. Um, and then I realized that that wasn't direct enough, really. I was just sort of, it was sort of like insinuated and you could do this too kind of thing. And I was like, I just want to do videos now because also again, the, the, it's easier to find a video than it is to find a podcast if someone's like typing stuff into Google. Um, and I really love making them and I think that it could grow really big, but if it doesn't, it's fine because it's something for me and my community to share amongst ourselves anyway and so and so what they get out of it is an enhanced sense of is it um cl- you know closeness to you or understanding of, of your process or is it something a bit sort of more complicated than that they feel just are you the lightning rod around which the community that's a bit grand i know but it, <laughs> around which the community sort of is forming I suppose so. I mean, but then, but then, uh, we're talking about nano communities, I suppose, because every, you know, I would say every artist has that. Mm. You know, you're you're in the middle. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not be the lightning rod. I'd rather be like on the same level. If I'm standing in, I'm standing in a, inside a, a crowd of people. 
and we'll just right. stand in there together. That's what right. I used to do at my gigs, actually. I have right, a song okay. called Delete where I would go into the audience with a megaphone and there'd be vocal loops going on, you know, round and round as I was singing in a megaphone and I'd stand amongst people and look them in the eye. And that's quite terrifying, even though I know they're friendly. They've come to see me play. Um, but the feeling of that is incredible. And everyone else got to feel that too. Like, oh, we're just together. That's what I feel like, really. Mm, right. I've never wanted to be the person who's on this big tall stage being applauded all the time just for you know doing something yeah. quite basic like singing a song but then i don't want to downplay what what those songs mean to people either i just mm. i'm not i'm not interested in yeah being the the best one or anything you you understand your community you understand the fans and the potential fans and and really your ambition is is around enriching that community to its yeah. maximum for, for, for their benefit but also yes. for your benefit as well yeah. okay i will say i mean I think because because I'm so used to doing it like this, I had to have a moment with myself a few months ago where I was thinking, okay, but would I like to play my songs on the TV? And I was like, well, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, <laughs> would yeah. I like to, you know, tour again and and play with people who are huge? Yes, of course I would. It's just that it's just that um, I I see the value in what I'm doing and I feel like I'm successful because I get to do it every day. Of course, there are different things I could do, but I don't want to go because I'm not on TV, I'm unsuccessful, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So it's about sort of defining what success is. Yeah. And that, that can translate to huge, amazing opportunities, or it can just be every day, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So that okay. feels really good. One thing that artists say a lot, or we're hearing more from artists at the moment, I guess it's always been a thing, but we're hearing it spoken about much more, which is a good thing, which artists saying they feel pressure or they're experiencing burnout to be a content creator yeah. as well as the artist, as well as the performer, as well as all the various things that are you've listed so many of them that is, is required to be a, yeah. a modern artist. Yeah. Um, and some of the criticisms are, I just feel like I'm being, I'm burning out because I'm stretching myself too thin. Do you, you mentioned that you work hard, it's clear that you do and that you yeah. are, you, the very first thing you said was, I don't recommend anyone does it this way. But um, do you feel that sense of being stretched too thin or, or burnout? Or, or do you have a sort of system to protect yourself from that? Um, <laughs> no, I burn out about two or three times a year. It's terrible. And and, and I'm not actually, I'm not laughing about it. I'm, it's a sort of hollow, bitter, directed at myself, sort, sort your life out, mate, kind of laugh. Um, it's, it's something to really keep in check. It's, it's not been, um, something I've done very well at in the last few years. And I've made videos about that too, which is sort of ironic, isn't it? Like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> maybe squeeze, <laughs> squeeze a few more views out of this. Yeah. Well, no, it's not, it's not like that. It's a, I just think it's such, it's such a common thing. I think though, the reality is like, like I've been saying, if you don't share or if someone doesn't share your music for you, people aren't going to hear it. We can't just stick stuff up on streaming or stick stuff up on Bandcamp, cross our fingers and think we're going to make all the money we need to live on and then, you know, make more stuff. It doesn't work that way. Um, I saw some ridiculous argument on Twitter recently. Um, surprise, surprise of someone saying, well, you wouldn't see Bob Dylan asking for likes, comments and subscribes. And I was like, pretty sure millions of dollars went into the marketing of, of that artist as has happened for most of the artists you will have heard of like millions I'm not kidding millions um I don't have millions so my option is to to use the 
amazing tools to reach people organically and through ads. Um, and so I'm going to do that. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. I do this full time. So, yes, it's easier for me in some ways, harder in others, because if because I'm doing it full time. So I have to make more money, don't I, to be able to do the things. Um, I just think that, of course, we should be taking care of our health and our mental health. That's number one. I think this pressure that people feel is is just self-imposed. No one's really making you do anything. I think you could do really great things sending an email out every month. You don't have to also do a daily TikTok. You don't have to do a weekly YouTube video. You do what I think you you do what you choose to do. And I think that people are spending time. This is very general. It's it's, it's ridiculous to be so general. I get the impression that people are spending their time on things that are not going to change anything. So tweeting a lot, doing a lot of Instagram posts, doing a lot of things where people are barely going to see it. That's a waste of time compared to setting up an email list and emailing people. And then you can dial back all the stuff you feel you have to do because you see so much stuff going online every day. I don't think your career is going to be affected seriously if you don't go on Instagram. Certainly being a passive consumer of other people's content is not going to do anything for your career. If you're enjoying it for your own personal benefit and like inspiration, that's fine. But spending too much time, uh, yeah, um, consuming other people's stuff, cut that stuff out and then you'll have more time to one, rest and two, be strategic about using the internet for your career. And again, there's there's a separation between strategically using the internet's tools for your career and just having a nice time on the internet, hanging out with your mates. That's that's also fine, but just don't confuse the two. So I, I've done it myself. I feel like I'm very busy and important if I have all the social media tabs open and I'm seeing who's tweeting this and that. But I, then I have to go, actually, that's that's really, all that's doing is making me have no focus in my day. And I have to, I actually have very severe blocks on social media. Um, on my computer, I use an app called Freedom, which is really great. Um, so I can't go on it apart from like half an hour at lunchtime and uh, an hour and a half later on in the day. <laughs> and you'll notice I didn't mention social media, actually, when you were talking about the tools I used to sell this record. I did find Twitter to be annoyingly useful this time because I, I really would love to leave. <laughs> but it is actually really, really good this time. Um, but but like I say, I I try to be more strategic with my time on those platforms because they're designed to keep us stuck to them all day. Those companies make a lot of money if we keep scrolling. And on the one hand, I sort of want people to be online because I want them to see the things I've made. And on the other hand, I don't want to spend all day on it because I know that I'm not going to write a song that day or get my video finished if I don't get off that stuff. So I would just say, dial it back to email. That's the thing that will sell stuff for you. That's the thing that will cause, you know, create and and nurture connection with your audience. If, If you did nothing but that, you you could have a better career than you probably have if you if you're only using social media anyway. Mm. So what does the future hold then? You've had this I'm going to call it success because it, it, it mm. I think from an objective standpoint it is. How do you view it then? Is it just like continued growth? Continue, what's what does the future hold in terms of what is success to you? You you've talked about defining it yourself. So what is that? Yeah, so success to me always is being able to continue not having a job I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that's not to say I won't do other you know if, if if there are there are you know freelance bits of work I'm sure I would like so that that's obviously a, a possibility um in terms of the music and the video stuff I want to keep going with it I'm I'm creating I'm working on creating another solo album 
and I've I've got a lot of demos for that. And so this week, actually, I'm going to start getting those all together and getting a plan together for that. Um, I always, I've always said that just because I'm full-time making my own music doesn't mean that that changes the music I make because of the pressure or the perceived pressure I could feel to sell that music to keep doing this as a job. So it's very important to me to just make, as I said earlier, whatever music I want, and then I figure out how to share that later. So, um, but, 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 but despite that, I think the only thing that changes really is the sort of the frequency of release. So when I was freelancing and was only doing this in the evenings and weekends and odd days, I could only put music out maybe every two years or there'd be some sort of random gap between how long it took me to make the next album and put it out. What I'm aiming for now is about every 18 months to have a new thing out because I know how much work it takes to release the thing. Um, I have to factor that in as well. I'd prefer it was every year. new music every year but I just don't think I can handle it so um unless things changed a little bit so yeah Rihanna had to stop releasing an album every year you know she yeah you can't do it for too long no 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 and it and and I don't I think that having um being able to sort of have a grand statement every 18 months which is what I sort sort of feel my albums are is a collection of thoughts that that are coherent like it's it's a it's a you know it's a big statement um that's that's fine. I think every year you're sort of putting a lot of pressure on yourself to mm. you know, suddenly be very interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but success to me, off the back of this success, would be to just change change the way I do things a little bit. I've been fulfilling all my own merch right up till now, apart from the last two album campaigns. I, I've had those done by a chart-eligible fulfillment company, obviously, because you can't just make it up yourself at home. Um, I would like to outsource all of my... Um, merch fulfillment at some point soon because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it it's 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 silly really if you think about it um so some of the some of the decisions I've made that are based on like saving a few quid here and there because I didn't have any money need to start changing a little bit um I'd like to leverage this success in some way but I know that that's only going to happen if I decide what I want and then try to get that happening because as I know from the last time I was in the the top 40 um people don't just email you and and offer you things like i no one's going to get in touch because i think i either i look so independent that that i wouldn't entertain the idea or Mm. people still don't know who i am and they don't really care (laughs) i don't know so um i would like to try and um explore some ideas for stuff in america you know things i can't do myself um and just get a little bit more help around what i'm doing because I hope that it will grow and it is it's, it's all it's been way beyond my capacity to to handle for four or five years really it's just that um when you can do stuff and you can do it well and you can show the results it's very hard to i don't know audition people to come and help you because it's, I, it it's hard to let go of it to, it's hard to let go and, and embrace the, the possibility that it won't be done in the way that you would do it isn't well it? it's not necessarily the way that i would do it. it's just like i mean i i've, I've just had two top 40 albums and and that's you know unequivocally good right mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of people who will come along and go oh let me do it my way and here you can have very much less money for your work and not as good results you know and mm-hmm. i know there are some great people doing some great things somewhere i've never met these people because i work very much on my own so i, I think the just the idea of having to sort of 
try and find people to work with again would just I don't know it's, it's off-putting to me because it's never worked out great in the past so um yeah when you can do so much yourself it's like you have to decide how much of this am I willing to give away because mm. it's hard enough to make money doing this even though it's gone well like it's it was touch and go whether we were going to even recoup which I mean, when you're on a label, people don't even seem to think about that or worry about that. But it is a worry when it's your own money that you've mm. got tied up in vinyl. We have recouped and we've made money and it's only been out for a month. So obviously that's a huge success. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. We'll put links to your, your website and the, your, your videos and uh, all the various uh, projects beneath this podcast. So maybe there's some, there are some people out there who are interested, who are uh, yeah in the same mindset as you and who can get in touch that would be a nice a consequence cool. of this wouldn't it absolutely yeah, yeah i wasn't even thinking about it like that sorry yes but of course well, you know uh, always be hustling I believe, <laughs> the, uh... well yes i just hustle in, the, in a different direction mostly yeah okay the other thing i'm really interested in doing is doing some consulting work for people because i know you know i know how to run a really good campaign that's values driven that is meaningful um mm. I think artists could benefit from um, learning how to tell their story online and to feel better about it, to feel more in control of what they're doing with their mm. marketing, to, to learn that marketing's not a dirty word. Like there's mm. a, you know, that that is, it's just a way of sharing your stuff. Mm. There's nothing wrong with well, it, that. It is 50% of the job, isn't it? I think so. Uh, okay, well, you know, and, well, uh, equally, if, you, if you're interested in a marketing consultant, then uh, you can contact. <laughs> Do. Uh, I've got all the free time me. in the world, it seems. Yes. <laughs> so finally, so that was a really good insight into how you've how you, you're operating as a DIY artist to 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 you know as you say consistent success. For context around that, then, unrelated to that in some respects, if you could only take one piece of music to listen to for the rest of your lives, mm. what would it be? One piece of music. That's yeah, it can be an album. Horrendous. It can be a song. Uh, you know, but uh, it's got it's got it's got to be nailed down to one thing. Kid A by Radiohead. Really. Yeah, I think you're the first person to say that. Or maybe really? Second, I don't know. Yeah, I love that band so much. Okay, it's, they've it's been with a... me for so long, and that's yeah. that, that's the thing. Like I, I first heard them through. There's a boy at school that I fancied, right, in the year above, and he did a cover of a Radiohead song for his GCSE music recordings. And so I must have been 15 at the time when I heard this. And I got played it and I loved the song so much, probably because I was like, oh, he's so dreamy. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he didn't write that song. Who's that? Radiohead. Went to the library, um, borrowed the CD from the library, along with um, an album by Belly. And those two albums oh. changed my life. That was the best. Which, which Belly album was it? I think it was King. King, yeah. yeah. Around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah I, yeah, I used to get all my music from the library as well. And yeah. To tape. Uh, that was... Uh, the way to do it when you didn't have yeah. the cash no but that's an album that, re that rewards repeated listens isn't it Absolutely. so you're going for a, if you're going to have one you've got value for money there uh, return yeah. on investment good see that's that's a sign of a diy artist <laughs> right there yeah, as it? much out of it as possible <laughs> yeah. on that note uh, laura kidd thanks very much for joining us thank you so there we are big thanks again to laura for joining us and uh, do check out all the links i've put beneath the podcast which will take you to her project and her uh, various YouTube videos, and you can see exactly what she's doing and maybe take some inspiration from it. If you found that podcast useful, please share it on with someone else who you think will get something out of it. And if you want to get in touch, I would love to hear from you. Email me on joe at musically.com. That's j-o-e at musically.com. We also have a free weekly email called The Knowledge, which rounds up a soupçon of the best analysis, news, marketing insight, and skills from Music Allies 
veritable suite of services. So sign up and impress your boss. Uh, or if you are your boss, if you're DIY, you just impress yourself. Uh, links are in the description as always. That's it. So thanks for listening. Uh, great to have you with us as always. I've been Joe Sparrow and until next time, farewell. Thank you.